Welcome to Sweeping the Country, another vault edition for you. And uh, today we go female on you. And I'll tell you what, Jimmy, uh, the individual we're going to talk to here in just a second, I always thought was really cute. Yeah, I mean, she was America's sweetheart, I think, yeah, yeah. more so than Julia Roberts was I agree. in the 80s. And uh, Meg Ryan is her name. She was a CBS soap opera actress what? on As the World Turns what? when they got her. And remember, she played in Top Gun. Oh, yeah. She is the you know the wife of Goose yeah. in Top Gun. And then she hit the gold mine with Rob Reiner's When Harry Met Sally. Oh, yeah. And that got her her first really award attention. And that was 1989. And here's a conversation we had about a lot of different subjects. And I think you'll like it. 1993 with Margaret, Mary, Emily, Ann Hira, known as professionally as Meg Ryan. Well, it was good to see you uh, in another love story. These romance stories with Meg are uh, getting to be very special. I mean, I loved Harry and Sally, and I think I even liked this one more. More? I think I liked it more. I related to this one as a guy a little more. I understood Tom Hanks a little more, and I did Billy Crystal. I love Billy, but I wasn't quite as a Woody Allen. Yeah, yeah. he has a real interesting dilemma in this, Tom. And I think it's it's so incredibly filmic and great, because instantly you empathize with his problem, you know, um, being a, a widower. You remember being single? Yes. How well? How well? I'm sure that it is not... I, I'm sure that it's very different out there now, so I don't know... Uh, it's not I that much difference. It well. It's always been bad. Did you ever? Did you like being single? <laughs> I hated. I've it's hated being single. Been bad. What? I've hated being single. The times I've been single. I'm single now, and I hate it. I think men actually hate being single more than women. I guess so. If I had somebody running after me, and I looked like you, and they were taking me out every night and whisking me <laughs> off to here and there, I'd probably be having a good time. Yeah, men seem. Men say that more than I hear women saying it. You know, men seem to snap back into relationships faster than women too. I think that's, that's my. Uh, yeah, I think we make some boo-boos yeah. sometimes. You ever done anything stupid when it involved love? Like this uh, guy, he runs across the country, you know, to, or she runs across the country to see him, doesn't know who he is? Well. You don't have to get specific, but you can just all say. All right. Did you? Uh, <laughs> I can just I answer yes. Just, <laughs> but you have I'll been. I'll just answer yes. You have been stupid before when it comes to love? Unquestionably. Has your heart flown your body? As far in your mind, That's too? That's a really interesting question. Run Has over? your heart flown your body? Yeah. Yeah. Where it just made you where you didn't think anymore and you did stupid things? Yeah. That's the sad part about love, but it's also the good part, yeah, too. Yeah, it's the good it? part that you're, yeah. You believe is. in destiny? Yes. Yes, and I, I believe in destiny in retrospect. When, you know, when you're in your place and you're looking, you're looking back and things seem to make a lot of sense. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like saying I mean? it's deja vu all over again. Right, right, right. And my husband always says, you know, you might as well believe in destiny because that's the way it happens anyway. <laughs> yeah, it makes I, a lot of sense to me. I, I kind of believe in that too. How about fate? Yeah, I believe fate. in that too. You make your own fate? Yes, you know. You have control over your destiny? I believe you have control over your choices you know and hopefully you're in your right mind when you're making a lot of those choices and so in that sense i believe you control your own destiny was meg as a little girl a real romantic little girl watching these little movies and crying and that kind of stuff no you know i've realized about myself that i'm an almost completely unsentimental person you know <laughs> you don't have a lot of pictures of things and stuff like that no i don't little save keepsakes. things i don't no i do i don't do it why is that I, I really don't know. I mean, there are some movies that used to really get me. Like, 
Splendor in the Grass really, really got me. Um, the Poseidon Adventure really got me. You know, when you're little and you're, you're watching okay. Carol Lindley and the boats, you know, turned upside down and all those horrible things are happening to the people on board. And you related to that. Okay. Yeah, I related to that. I really liked Bringing Up Baby and um, uh, what was that other movie with Rosalind Russell and Carrie Gray? His Girl Friday and those Irene Dunn movies, you know. I'm just, I like that. Chick movies? As they call them in the movies? I chick guess movies. so. I guess so, if you can really define those things. I guess there are such things as a chick movie and a guy movie. I mean, if you had to watch Dennis's favorite movies and you had to watch, you know, he had to watch yours, would that be very compatible? Can I tell you how many times I've seen Spartacus? Spartacus <laughs> and Lawrence of Arabia, which I think is a very good movie, but not like 50 times. And I, I had to say, you know, we are not going out to see the, the newly edited version of, you know, See, I've probably watched Patton 50 times. Patton is always on. But, um, like, last night I tried to watch What's Up, Doc, which okay. is a movie that really cracks me up with Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill. It's a very funny movie. Dennis couldn't handle that. And he was just, like, trying to flip it to the hockey I game. I know. i had been the same way. Yeah. It'd have been great to have been with you, but I'd have, had to, I'd have <laughs> wanted to say, do the I have to watch this anymore? Give me something else. Yeah. That's the frustrating thing about us, isn't it? Men. Men. With the channel changers, it's a very male thing. Why is that? I mean, we like to see what's on. You girls, you can certainly think of more than one thing at a time. So because generally, because you're always I'm smarter than TV, we are anyway. When I'm watching TV, I'm not really noticing what's on. I'm thinking about all the other stuff I should be doing. <laughs> That's the truth. And you guys are going, what's on 17? You know. We know what's on everything. We can watch right. all 35 you channels. You can say at one to my time. husband, what channel is TNT? What channel is USA? What's, where's ESPN? And he knows all the corresponding numbers. It's not that hard. <laughs> you could do it too. You've learned dialogue. You could do it. Now, when you see yourself as a babe, as I did yesterday when I first saw this picture, this is a real babe shot, sexy shot. You think it's all that sexy, really? Absolutely. All right. Nothing like seeing a girl in a men's suit that all doesn't right. fit completely. All right. <laughs> now, when you see your pictures, are you good at judging them? Can you go through headshots and do that kind of thing and say, okay, that's good, that's not good? And that kind well, of thing? you know. I would like to have about like 80% kill, but I only get like 50% kill. I'm really bad. I'm really. One thing interesting about you, you've had that Dick Clarkism in that you don't seem to be getting any older. Oh. That's kind of interesting well, about you. Well, that's very nice. You're. Uh, but I am well lit today. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> that always helps. But Thanks, man. Just for the people in the world, when they're seeing you on television, you don't look a lot older than you did whenever I first interviewed you. For God knows what that was. Well, you know, I had a baby. That was really good. Well, you can't tell. Yeah, but no, that's a, that's a way to go, you know, just back 10 years or something. It's really great. Those eyes usually get a little puffy when you have a baby, though. Sleep. No, because, I, for, well, Jack is an amazing sleeper, number one. And he just gives you so much stuff. It's, it's so great. So. It's lovely to see you again. You look wonderful. Well, thank I you. I wish Dennis was here laying down the floor like we did one interview where he was. What was that, Presidio? He was laying down on the floor? He was floor? over on the floor somewhere, yes. Like sitting over there or something? You know, he was like on the floor, like under you, nearly. Oh, and I was going like this? Kind of. All right. It was like having a German <laughs> shepherd there near me all the time. God, okay. boy, I have a bad memory. We'll see you soon. Well, okay. it's good. You're not sentimental. You don't care. You don't care. <laughs> okay. Talking about relay is fun. She was just always fun to yeah. talk to.
I can imagine. You know, she's just really fun to talk to. But she wasn't, you know, she was definitely playing that girlfriend kind of role with Harry and Sally, Sleepless in Seattle. Then she went the whole nother way. She did a movie called Courage Under Fire oh, with I remember. Washington. Yeah. Yeah. And she played a soldier. And she was in that movie. She was dirty all the time. She had dirt on her. And that's what we talked about first. Let's go Let's go over some of these Meg pictures. I've been wallowing in these things. All Beautiful. Right. That's nice. I like that. You like that? Yeah. All right. But the cover of Elle... What were you doing uh, can I just here, tell darling? You what, what was that about? Uh, I, I don't mind that. That's not bad. It's but I gotta tell you, the cover of L. I don't even think that's my body. Like I never wore that belt. I think they do like weird things with a computer. Uh, do you ever eat? By the way, you <laughs> look, you're so thin. I mean, you must never eat. That is so nice. I don't even see What's a bagel in the room or no. anything. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, this girl. Yeah, she. But all right, enough of the picture stuff. But you're obviously beautiful, and you know that. Um, <laughs> this movie. I mean, it's it's interesting to see the transformation. I mean, was is it weird seeing yourself up there looking like that? And you're used <laughs> he to goes right from like, here are these pictures. Well, I got four minutes. I don't have do all day. I mean, do we, like, yeah. you look like hell in this movie. No. <laughs> well, yes, you did. As a matter of fact, I have, you don't yeah, go looking for beautiful men. Filthy, in this movie. filthy, filthy. You look filthy. In it's this movie. easier to be filthy. Well, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> but you look filthy in this movie. Yeah, actually. I'm filthy. Were you filthy? Well, it's makeup. And also, then at some point, you know, I'd go out there and the Sally who did my hair would throw sand in it and smush it around, you know. This must have been very wild. pleasant. Mm -hmm. It actually kind of was. We, we shot at night in the desert in Texas, in West Texas near El Paso, and I thought it was going to be very miserable. It, was, it ended up being um, kind of serene in a certain way. We had big moons, and it wasn't as, it was cold one night, but not You're such a complicated woman. I mean, I, you know. <laughs> I never know where I'm going to, you know, I never know what you're going to do. I never know what kind of picture I'm going to see you in. Uh, Dennis, it must be a real experience living with you, you know, that's all I can say. And that's not a bad, I didn't say it's a bad experience. It just must be real interesting because you don't know from what day to the next yeah, what you're going to get. It's difficult to be in this body. You know, which way am I going to go? <laughs> I don't even know. But, I mean, you, you know, you are doing such a neat variety of things, and, that, and, that is, and that's good for an actress, isn't this it? This was a great opportunity for me, you know. I mean, it, it just was a, not, and then within it, to play three different versions of someone. Mm -hmm. It was really, that was, it was a great opportunity. I'd never done it before, and it was kind of weird because I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger after I finished the movie. You know, I had never met him before, and I felt like, I understand you. <laughs> Yeah, that gun. No, no, you did believable. Uh -huh. I mean, I bought it. I bought it when you put the pistol up and did that. That's why I knew they'd be so crazy yeah, to live with training. you. You'd, you'd scare me to death living with you because I, I know she could pull that pistol on you and pull that <laughs> ack ack gun, you know, on that kind of thing. Yeah, those are not too hard to fire, horrifyingly enough. Was it weird going through the military training, what little you did? I mean, you know, you did some enough to go through there, and it must have been a little bit It odd. was funny, can I tell you? You know, because all those guys, you know, my crew were out there, and I'd get, you know, get there late from the Four Seasons, and... You know, here's Meg smoking in her little blue <laughs> yeah, John Lennon glasses. Uh, give me you know. the gun, all right. I'll put my earplugs in and, you know, fire a couple rounds. Can I have off. a cappuccino with my M16, please? <laughs> exactly. Where's the thermos? <laughs> yeah, where's... It was a funny kind of boot camp. Mm. It involved the Four Seasons Hotel. Well, since we're doing such a light interview, uh, I read something that I got out of your L uh, article that I'm yeah. trying to understand women in my old age. <laughs> and is it true that the shoes make the woman? If you if you look at her shoes, you'll tell you'll learn a lot about her. On that particular day, probably. Or not in general? I don't think in well, unless they all, this person has a lot of the same kind well, see, of shoes. See, women have a thing about shoes that, I've, that men don't understand. Well, you know, you what I think it connects you to the ground in a particular way. Like, with characters for me, I, I always try to figure out the shoes first. You know how, 
Well, you feel different in sneakers than you do in your shoes. Well, I mean, you know, just, we have boring shoes. Like, what would it take to get into these boots today? What, just, I, I wanted to feel secure, so I have these boots on. And if you want to kick one of the port reporters, you can just kick them <laughs> right, really, right. really solidly, because those are very solid. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a big time seeing uh, President Bill and First Lady Hillary oh, uh, at the first state dinner? Was that kind of... You didn't have a date, though. No, no, because Dennis had to be in Montana. He wanted to go, but we were in between nannies. It's kind of weird to go to state dinner by yourself, wasn't it? Kind of walking I tell in there you, when... I got to say, it was like... I looked around at a lot of people, and I think a lot of people felt this way. It was so magical, and I thought I'd be really cynical about it for some reason. And it was like a Cinderella time, man. It was so fun. So many great people, so many amazing handshakes. Also, your hair, you can't decide what to do with it. The other night, you had straight <laughs> hair. And for the first time, too, you had first, yeah. very different. And then these, every one of these pictures is totally different. <laughs> Today is totally different. Is it how you wake up in the morning and decide what you want to do? I tried to figure this woman out. I've been working at this for 10 years. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I have just this crazy person who does my hair. Yes, you blame it on him. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, Meg. Okay. Oh boy, I tell you, the serious, most serious movie I've seen all year, and we've done, and we've done a worth it. Yes, let's please. I will take. Thank you very much. Meg Ryan. I thought she was good, but I don't think people wanted to see her in that kind of role. They wanted to see her in Sleepless in Seattle. You know, people get typecast. They yeah, like yeah. you in a, a kind of. Very few people can jump around and be a good guy, bad guy, hero. You know, and all that stuff. It's mm -hmm. very, very rare. And the next thing she did, and I know you were saying. You had forgotten she did it. She played Jim Morrison's wife yeah. in the movie The Doors. Now, that is a weird – he was a weird guy. It was a strange group. It was a strange time. And I know that she was – you know, she had to go to a different place yeah. to find this character. This is from uh, 1991, The Doors. Let's talk about this a minute. I mean, All this right. movie was – a little bit tough at times for you to do. I mean, because you're so perky and up. I mean, I saw you once, and you were kind of like zombie almost mm. walking around. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, it was hard to do. It's a hard, This movie is about, um, treads around in some very dark waters, you know. And I remember like about the fourth month, really was about the fourth month into it, I just thought, oh, this is too heavy to take on and off all the time. And I couldn't get it off some, sometimes. So, you know, Morrison's kind of Mr. Death. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, Pamela Corson, or Morrison, as she called herself uh, at one point in the film, is she a tragic victim, or how do you look at her? I see. I, you know, when we look back now, she, she was a victim of the time. I mean, I think in her own head, she certainly was victorious. I mean, she won. She was there in the end, and she was the most long-lasting relationship that he had. I mean, it's not a victory that we see. I don't, the kind of, that kind of passivity as a noble thing, love will conquer all. Um, hippie philosophy was the thing that really, I think, was how she thought. Um, and if she was a, a victim, I don't, maybe of her time, I don't think very much of, of him. I think there was something in her that allowed herself to be in that situation, that allowed herself to abdicate who she was so readily, really, in such a short amount of time. Are you glad you spent most of this time period in elementary school as opposed to on the Sunset Strip? There's some great things about the 60s that, I, that I, uh, I'm still fascinated by and have a lot of questions about. Um, but I don't think I would have ran in these circles. <laughs> the music is still great, though, from yeah. the 60s. It yeah. seems to be the best, as far as I'm concerned, of the last 30 or 40 years. and It still sounds good today. But the lifestyle, you just don't understand how the two got together. 
Yeah, it still goes on, you know. It's I, and it went on long before that. At least now we have more. Uh, and now there's this notion of addiction, you know, as a kind of a diagnosis, which I don't think they had then. I think it was more about experimentation and expansion of the mind than it was about knowing what what problems these drugs really lead to and the, the chaos of excess. On a little bit lighter note, I was going through the Meg Ryan file preparing for this, because I've interviewed you a couple times, and I was seeing things that were consistent about it. And a lot of the beauty magazines that I think are really pointed at ladies that you know that you do publicity in, mm -hmm. they're all the time talking to you, well, why are you so beautiful? How are you getting so beautiful? And they're trying to get, you know, what is the secret of beauty? And how do you answer that? I mean, how does anyone answer a question like that, and why do they even ask it? I mean, how can anyone ask know. it? I don't know. I mean, because you, you get asked this question all the time. I mean, what is your pet answer it, it for it? It always boggles my mind, you know. I, I, don't, I don't know. It, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you just are, and that's, just, that's the answer, right? Well, I, it's nice that people think so. <laughs> I mean. But I love things like this. If they kind of gave reasons, so I have to refer to my notes here. You're beautiful because of the slow, sexy smile. Can you do one for us real quick, for the cameraman? A slow, sexy smile. Is that what this is? That's what it says. <laughs> and the secret of your sexiness is uh, it's breezy sexuality. What does that mean? I saw that in three different articles. God, breezy. I can't believe you're asking me of all people. You're the, you're the one they're asking and writing about. I know. Well, they're writing. I mean, it's their opinion. You know, it's interesting because it kind of says more about them than it's ever going to say about me. <laughs> uh, what are you going to do next in your, in your roles here? You, you've played a very dark lady in this film, and you've played some very up kind of light people. You know, I'm going to play a real neurotic next time. I get to play this person who just like can't remember anything. She can't plan anything. She is uh, totally kind of fear-ridden, yet she lives in the East Village and she's a bartender there. I get to play this real kind of neurotic uh, with Alec Baldwin in Prelude to a Kiss. It's like a romantic fantasy. And then I play a compulsive liar after that. So it's kind of neat. So yeah. have your roles gotten more, they sound like they've gotten more interesting since the success of Harry and Sally. Is that the reason? Um, maybe. I, I know that sometimes people say, oh, what, you know, why do you do a supporting role after you did Harry and Sally? Why did you, you know, it's, it's interesting. I want to do it. If I, if I haven't done it before, or I don't think I can do it. I want to do it. How important was that film? I mean, obviously it was a major, major success and it was the high watermark at that point in your career. Yeah, I, I'm very lucky to be in that movie and I, and I uh, certainly get more choices now than than I have, but the choices actually too come from being able to do a lot of different things anyway. Did you really like showing your range in a movie like Joe versus the Volcano because you got to be a couple of different people? I was pretty impressed with I that. I had such a great time doing that movie. I just had the greatest time doing that movie. And I, it's interesting because when you start work on characters, you think you're safe in the knowledge that they're way over there and you're not like them. And then by the end of the movie, you realize that they've come from somewhere in you and they're part of you, and you learn all this stuff about yourself. It's great. And I, I learned, I couldn't believe that there was three people, like, you know, coexisting in there. <laughs> mm -hmm. And we learn <laughs> a lot about you movie. as an audience, though, when we see these different things. You know, it's not just, you know, the little bombshell or the ornament or whatever. I mean, there was a lot of depth in those, you know, people. Yeah. I, and, and Pamela, too, I think is, I, I love playing her because she's, she's a, it's a cautionary tale, as I see it. It's somebody that I... Wouldn't, I wouldn't want to make the mistakes that, that she made. But I was interested in making them on film. I, I, I just was interested in it. And I, and I, I was the, the kind of 
her nobility is so different. The, the, her victories are so different than my victories, and I, and I like to get in somebody else's head and, and uh, you know, wallow around in there a little bit. She was, she's a very specific you know, thing. She, she's really an aspect of Morrison in this movie, but I'm I, I really very interested in playing somebody so different than me. A quick review of Val Kilmer. I thought it was the most, I thought it probably, to me, it looked like it was harder to do than Rain Man playing something like that. I, you know, technically alone, it's, it's incredible, but the, the other kind of victory that he's never going to talk about is just to take on that, to live in that guy's head, which was so dark, and to walk around in that for six months or however long we did that movie and to come out, you know, again on the other side is a serious, like, emotional victory. It's a hard thing. I mean, and let alone the, the, the way he can sing and the way, you know, he's so compelling and interesting to watch. And, he, and he's so different than that. He's, he's really fabulous. He's incredible in this movie. Have you ever seen this movie? No, and I want to. I've seen clips from it. Music and, is great. Oh, Music it is. is great. It is. Al Kilmer, he became Jim Morrison. There is no doubt. I mean, I, you know, it's just amazing what he did. Mm. I just in think, that role, and she did great too. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, I think that you know, we we talk about her, the cute, the girl next door, and all that, and then and then she gets to this role, and she had some others that were a little you know off kilter as far as typecasting goes. But the trailer that I watched for this one, I think she's fabulous. I mean, it's believable. Now I got to. Oh, see the I think she was totally, but a dark character, but believable. Definitely, definitely. And then she a little bit later, and we get to talking about a lot. She was with the. Uh, with Walter Matthau in a movie, and then we saved it. It was called in 1994. It was called. He played a like an Einstein kind of guy mm -hmm. in the movie IQ. Well, Deborah, I'm still in my hotel room in New York, and I found Gina Davis when I was dolling around yesterday looking for C-SPAN in the Weather Channel. And this morning, I've got Meg Ryan. Oh boy, this is my lucky day. <laughs> what? What they won't do to keep you girls out of my hotel room, though. I mean, this is very, very, uh, completely. You know, that's all we want to do is just is just get on cable like that. Wouldn't it be nice to have the Meg Ryan channel? Just all Meg all day. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, some of us would like it anyway. Uh, how, much, <laughs> how much suspension of belief do we have to have that makes us believe that Meg Ryan is a math wizard? Believe me, you've got to have a lot of suspension of disbelief. You know what I'm saying? I could, uh, I, believe me, I didn't do any of those calculations there. But I had fun writing them down. All right, in high school, I will admit on national television that I made an F in geometry, but I went in summer school and made an A. So were you good in math in school? No. But <laughs> <laughs> I was good in geometry, oddly enough. Well, I didn't have people like you to look at in class, or I would have made a good grade, too. But, I mean, it, that was hard for me. But it just, math is just something that doesn't work for most creative people, at least, anyway. No, no, no. I, I, no, no, no. You know, the sad truth is, too, like, computers confound me entirely. I mean, the whole algebra, computers, anything, like, linear like that is not my forte, let me admit it. How about you? Well, uh, computers I'm getting to now, but that's why God invented the calculator. And I'm really appreciative of that right. invention. And it's, it's probably why that you've become a very wealthy actress, so you won't have to balance a checkbook. That's probably one of the main things you uh, got money for. You know something? There is, that's a good reason right there. I never thought of it that way, but I will. <laughs> uh, this movie's about love at first sight, among other things. 
Uh, Tim Robbins certainly falls in love with you right off the bat. Did you ever, were you ever afflicted by love at first sight in real life? Yes. Yeah. Did you act were upon you? it? Well, this is the thing. You remember when you were in high school and people used to say to you, will you go out with me? And it didn't just mean one time, it meant like for a long time, like you were then going steady. Do you remember that? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You do? Well, there was one time this guy who I had love at first sight about, I, he asked me, will you go out with me? I said yes. I never spoke to him again. Ooh, Meg the heartbreaker. I'm seeing another <laughs> side of you. <laughs> no, it was too terrifying. But don't you think? I mean, this is the whole idea about this love story, too. It's just a little bit scary. It's a little bit too big. It's not what she expected, you know? Yeah, and he's having to do the usual guy thing of lying, cheating, doing everything to get the girl, you know? Can't believe it. Well, we there will it do is. almost anything. Did you like the movie? Yes, I did. I thought it was very sweet. I, I like a good romance anyway, and you've kind of gotten to be my romance girl. I mean, you know, we go to the movies, we see Meg, it's got to be a romance, you know? I don't see you in Didn't science fiction. Didn't you love Walter? Uh, Walter Matthau yeah, is no, obviously no. One, of my, one of my favorite people. A Grumpy Old Men is one that I wish I could have had other people see because it's so salty, you can't take everybody to that. But he is wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And he looks like Albert yeah. Schweitzer a little bit, you know, with the fake hair and everything. But he looked pretty, pretty, pretty convincing as he's over my shoulder right now anyway. Yeah, I love seeing his face, just as those little shiny eyes right there. <laughs> So have you talked to him yet, or is that later today? Uh, I'm doing that later today. You know, he lost his house, I think part of the house, in the earthquake. Was he doing this movie I when know. that was going on? When the movie, when, when his house was getting repaired, he was, uh, he and his wife were, were in uh, New Jersey with us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was pretty bad for them, I think. Yeah. How do you judge a movie, whether you had a good time on it, or whether it was successful, or, or what? How do I judge it? Uh, well, see, for... Well, for me, it's just how much of a good time I had on the on the show, or how satisfying the work was, or something. Because as soon as it gets out there, and and people see it or don't see it, or and people have their opinions about it, there's kind of you know, it's not in my orbit anymore. It becomes a very abstract thing. So you know, it was a really good. So I would judge this movie. I had a great time, and I laughed a lot, like too much. So uh, <laughs> um, uh, for me, it was a lot of fun. Does uh, Meg have a little bit of the superwoman complex, or do you ever have be, are you ever conflicted with that? And you have to, you know, you got a big career going on, and you got a personal life going on, and you got yourself you have to deal with sometimes too, and all that. Does it get a little much for you ever? Yeah, yeah, it d definitely does. But um, you know, a lot of people are dealing with that. You know, I'm sure you feel that same. There's just a there's a lot kind of. Uh, going on. I, when you, I have a lot of different responsibilities and um, sometimes it gets a little much. I've been working a lot this year so I'm ready for a, a, quite a chunk of time off. So yeah. But you kind of lose control because of the professional part. I mean these people you know get you and you're doing a movie and that's pretty all-encompassing isn't it? Uh, sometimes on IQ it was kind of great because it's more of an ensemble piece and um, uh, I had a, a lot of time off and so that was good. Um, the one I'm doing right now here in Paris is, a, is a pretty consuming because um, my company is co-producing it a, as well and uh, it's, a, it's a lot of long hours and um, we're way far away from home so um, it's a great place but I think we're ready to go back to America. <laughs> who's, who's your leading man in this movie? In the movie uh, Kevin Klein. 
Oh. Yeah, it's called Paris Match, and uh, Larry Kazan is directing it. And it's um, it's kind of a road movie where we, we talk fast and fight a lot, but really deep down somewhere love each other. Well, there are a lot of American crews over in Paris right now. I know Billy Crystal's been over there, right? Yeah, yeah. He was here, and um, I, I, I think they did some of Pret-a-Porter right. here. And, uh, so we're going to get to go to, else, maybe they'll take us to like Paris next year, and we won't have to do this in the hotel room. That would be nice. Make sure you part as part of the publicity that you make these cheap people take us over to Paris. It's not that much more expensive. Okay. Do that. <laughs> we'll like the movie better. I love her. Uh, she, in 2015, did her directorial debut. You know, she's born in 1961. Wow. And uh, she's been around a while. But, man, she uh, she had a lot of great, you know, You Got Mail was another one. That was great, it, yeah. The one that didn't do well with Tom Hanks was Joe versus the Volcano. No, it did if not. If you can yeah. remember that. I do. Uh, yeah. Addicted to Love, City of Angels, Proof of Life. I barely remember some of those. Yeah. But, you know. If you're lucky enough to have a Harry and Sally in your life and Sleepless in Seattle oh, and then play some mail, great yeah. movies like The Doors and some of the others, she's had a wonderful career. Yeah. I, and now she I like her and always liked her. Now she's directing, right? I mean, she's got she's what, 63, She's doing other stuff, you know, but yeah. I mean, everybody evolves and I'm glad that she was able to do something else. But she's had a great, great career. And as you heard, she's kind of, you know, she laughs and she, you know, she's cute and it's just all, you know. Yeah. Anyway, you it's I wish you could have seen this one, yep. but you can if you go to YouTube yes. to my Ask Jimmy Carter page, you can see Meg Ryan with all her different hairstyles over the years. Uh, some of those locations, like with uh Courage and I think we did it in Paris. One of those was in Paris, one of those is in San Francisco. Wow. One we were all over the world doing these interviews. That's incredible, Jimmy. I mean, you you say that so casually, and, and folks, I do encourage you all the interviews we put on the vault on sweeping the country. You can watch them on YouTube, AskJimmyCarter.com. Super easy to do. Just click and watch, and you'll get maybe even a little bit more than we put uh, on the audio version. You get the full interviews, and they're a lot of fun. But, Jimmy, you talk about it so lightly when you say, oh, I was in Paris. Oh, I was in San Francisco. I mean, these are, this is a life. I mean, think back. You're live. You have – it's casual for you to mention it, but for a lot of people listening right now, what? You were in Paris to interview Meg Ryan for work? What a great I know. job! I mean, you I got, had man. you know, I called it a Walter Mitty life because <laughs> I did a lot of interviews, but I got to see. I mean, I've been in the Oval Office with President Carter, and who gets to do that? Nobody. And you know, and I've been, you know, and I've just done all kinds of different crazy things with people that I. I always said I was on the front row of life. Yeah, no kidding. And I felt that way for twenty or thirty years. I was definitely doing that. Spent yeah. a lot of time in country music. You know, with people like Johnny Cash and, you know, Waylon Jennings living down the street Amazing. and that kind of thing. That was a whole nother life. Yeah. But at the same time, I was doing this Hollywood thing where I was uh, interviewing these Hollywood movie stars all over the world uh, for a show called Crick and Chase and for the Nashville oh, Network yeah. Great and stuff. for the NBC station in Nashville and for other people. And then the Internet's kind of given it another life. But yeah, uh, definitely, definitely a non-repeatable life yes i mean uh, I this even... is not something someone could go out there and do there are people that have done other things and done bigger things but the variety that i was yes. able to work with with sports figures with music figures with actors you know all the different types of people it's incredible it's really i was very lucky and then the news people you know just yeah. being around all the different news things over the years 
Yeah, it's I've incredible. So. It's incredible. It's, it's, cra- it's crazy when I start thinking about it. Right, and you got it. I mean, so I know you, you've done it and you've lived it, but as I hear you say it, I just think you're right on the money. It's a front row seat to life, and, and you're sharing that with the listeners today. And, folks- and that's what I wanted to do. I mean, if you're looking at if you're a young person trying to decide what to do in life, uh, I always said I don't know what I want to do when I grow up. And, you know, I've been around a bunch of decades now, and I'm still trying to find out what I want to do <laughs> when I grow up. I love and, it. you know, it, it's just I think you've got to do something that you can have some passion about. Yeah. I am not a movie nerd. I cannot tell you who won the Academy Award in 1940, and I don't care. Right. Same way with the music things. I am passionate about 60s music because yeah. that was the first decade really – that I was involved in listening and just sucking in all that stuff. And so I, I, I got passionate about music and, and film and, you know, getting to talk to these people and you can see the ones I'm interested in more than I am of the course. others. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. But you know, it's, it's, it's an odd job to have. I mean, then I see all these people say, I want to be an entertainment reporter. Well, you got to go out and cover a traffic accident and a flood first. Yeah, there you go. You've got to, I hate people that want to come out of school and then all of a sudden be an entertainment reporter or be anything else. You got to learn to be a reporter first. Wow. Yeah. Then you can go. It's like when you go to medical school, you learn about medicine first. Right. And then you decide whether you're going to be a podiatrist or a dentist or a brain surgeon. Yeah, but you know what the problem is? People like you make it look easy. And so everybody Well, thinks, that's what, you know, you that's you, you know, they always told me if you're doing something that that you're good at, it makes it look easy. Yeah, boy. And uh and I I thought making speeches might be easy until I did it a few times and wanted to die <laughs> up there, but if you put a camera in front of me, boom. <laughs> And have me speak to the world. I can do that. Yeah, no kidding. But speaking in front of 50 people, I'd be sweating. And I can do that too, ultimately, but it's not comfortable. Right. So, (laughs) you know, you look at Tom Brady. Does he not look like it's so easy? Oh, yeah. He's he's great. He's You know, does Lester Holt on the NBC Nightly News make it look so easy that he's just talking to you? Yeah. I mean, none of these jobs are easy. And they require a lot of practice and experience. You go up there and watch these musicians, you know, watch my friend Brad Paisley or any of these people yeah. play guitar. It'd make it look like it's something you ought to be able to do. But no, you can't. I've and you'll tried never it. be able to do I that. You will never be it. able to do that because it's a, it's just, you know, we're all given different gifts. Yeah. And well, uh, well, thank you. And for- I've just tried to be half-ass a little bit good in a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, sometimes I've made it, sometimes I have. Well, listen, thank you for sharing your gift uh, with all of us uh, today. Again, you can catch Sweep in the Country every week. We do a vault edition, a news edition. We just have fun doing it. I'm Derek Walker. Until next time, good day. Uh, I'm Jimmy Carter. Good day. <laughs>